And when I really started to turn inward and began to really listen to myself, the message that I got was trust. It's happening. Everything that you're calling in, everything that you're becoming, it's happening. And that container, if you will, of my body, that solid vessel that was birthed out of this grief experience where I had no choice but to just be and completely slow down was the beginning of me really getting behind the energy, really staying with my trust. And beautifully, things started to unfold. Welcome to Turning Dead Ends into Doorways, a podcast for people who are tired of pushing and are ready to let go of control by learning how to follow energy to make wiser choices. I'm Stacy Bowden, your guide. How can following energy teach you to thrive through any life circumstance? Let's find out together. everyone, this is Stacy. Welcome to Turning Dead Ends into Doorways. I am your somatic energy guide for this podcast, Turning Dead Ends into Doorways, which is also a book. This book is a guide for learning how to follow energy inside of yourself and daily life. And the book offers eight teachers that if you grow a relationship with these eight teachers who are really rooted in daily life, they will show you what you need to learn how to follow energy. These teachers are fear, awareness, choice, body, intuition, energy, intention, and surrender. I've never shared my book as a whole journey in a podcast before, so I am moving through the unknown with you, okay? And one of the questions I've received is, do I have to listen to each episode in a certain order in order to get to know these different teachers? And I would say it's a choice point for you. I really want to encourage you to trust your process. I've invited you to identify an intention based on a quality or heartfelt wish through growing a relationship with an intention where you Start to get to know your fears around this intention. They become a source of awareness, which is the second teacher in my book. And then from there, it gives you an opportunity to start to practice choice, which is the third teacher in my book. And that brings us to today, where we're going to begin to explore the relationship with body, with body as a teacher in our lives and with body as a felt experience and body as a teacher for learning how to follow energy. How do you begin to embody your intention? What does that look like? And we're going to be talking about that today. And for now, I want to invite you to pause for a moment and just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath into a part of your body that feels more settled, that feels more peaceful, that feels more welcoming. And as you take a deep breath into whatever part of your body is calling you home, just imagine that it is, in fact, welcoming you and saying hello. So with that, I'm going to take a deep breath 
into my belly because that's the part of me that I am feeling right now. We're living through a time, y'all, eh? And so as we navigate these really strong times, you can use your breath slowly to just allow yourself to settle inside. So just take a few deep breaths, bringing yourself to this moment. And in that place, I am imagining, even though we've never met, maybe, I'm going to imagine that we are creating a circle together here to have a conversation across time and space. And that as we land more deeply in ourselves, we can create space to receive each other and to say hello and to say hello to yourself and to notice what do you need and what is your body showing you in this moment. You don't have to do anything with that, but just allow yourself to notice. And from that settled place inside, I just want to say thank you so much to those teachers of fear, awareness, choice, body, intuition, energy, intention, and surrender. And I'm also really excited to have a conversation today about body, the the fourth teacher. I don't like absolutes, and yet body is the doorway, the doorway of transformation. Body is the doorway of life. It is a doorway of death. It is how we move through the world. As we get older, most of us realize that when our body starts talking to us in uncomfortable ways around our health, everything pretty much stops. Body offers a an invitation to wake up, an invitation to learn how to listen. And the kind of relationship with body that I am interested in having and facilitating and supporting is not a power over control oriented dominating relationship where we manipulate our body into looking a certain way or being a certain way in order to be a machine that keeps going and going and going. The kind of relationship that I want to support with my body and for other people to have with their bodies is is one of mutuality, one where we learn how to listen to our bodies, nurture our bodies, motivate our bodies, to see, you know, what happens when we allow our bodies to lead the way, not just in terms of listening to what we eat or how we move, but also how our bodies can become a barometer for consciousness, for awareness, for awakening. Body tells a story. Body communicates so very much about our health and well-being and about our ancestral lineage as well as trauma, as well as our relationship with our own life experiences, as well as how are we doing in this moment? And so I just like to say thank you so much to body as a teacher and how can we begin to form a conscious, mutual, respectful relationship with our bodies that way, where we learn to follow and listen to all the ways in which body can wake us up and support us and, and school us in how to become more aware. I'm so excited to have a conversation with Aaron Carper today. 
Aaron is a somatic echotherapy and wilderness rites of passage guide, deeply informed by the wisdom of the body. She weaves her lived experiences of being a professional dancer, somatic movement instructor, earth-based practitioner into her offerings. You can learn more about Erin's offerings by checking out her website at www.erincarper.com. In March, she's going to be offering some spring equinox day quests, as well as a wilderness retreat weekend. So with that, I'd like to say welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for joining us and joining me. Uh, thank you so much, Stacy. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. So full disclosure, we go back over a decade together, particularly through dance and dance ceremony. And I really respect how you show up in the world and how you work with intentions and follow the energy and your relationship with body in particular. And so I'd love to start off by asking you, how has body overall been a teacher in your life? Mm, thank you. Yeah, body's been an incredibly powerful teacher for me throughout the arc of my life. I believe it's my biggest teacher. I really, I really move through the world in a way that is oriented through my body. And for that, I'm really grateful. I would say that there's been many pivotal moments in my life where I've had to really slow down and listen to what my body was trying to share with me about a situation that I'm in or circumstance I'm trying to decide about. And I believe as I've gone on in this practice that I've become, <laughs> become better and better at it for sure. And now really I'm in a place of trust with what uh, I experience in my body. What was it about following energy which drew you to it as a practice for moving through life? I think where it started for me with following the energy was realizing that I was often moving outside of myself, kind of moving into the future, moving in the direction of someone, moving in the direction of some goal that I had, an aspiration, and in moving out of my body and reaching and grasping into this place of doing and, and trying to get, I would really get caught up in my head. It would be really difficult for me to stay grounded. And I put a lot of energy into kind of getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of this natural unfolding that happens when you really do stay in the body and you trust and you follow the energy. So I was really kind of in this place of, of doing and lots of action, lots of activity, lots of planning, lots of goals. And <laughs> I've, I've since begun to really so much gets lost in that, not only energetically in the sense of your personal energy of being depleted, being fatigued, getting frustrated, being sort of fraught with worry, that type of thing, but also um, that you, you lose connection to what's really true for yourself. Like, what are you authentically trying to, to go for? And it was in learning how, by following the energy, to really listen. And I was reflecting on that intention that I carried uh, of listening, that it's slowing down 
and really being able to feel and listen to what's happening in my body that brought me to a place of understanding that I'm still going to get there. The things that I'm looking for, the person I want to connect with, the the things that I'm reaching out there, they're still going to arrive if I just stay with the energy or even like slightly behind it in a way. So that's mm. one way it really, it's really been a huge teacher for me following the energy as opposed to getting ahead of it. Mm, yes. The core definition of learning how to follow the energy is learning how to stay behind it. And it's easy for us to say that and learning how to practice that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Learning how to practice that's a whole other ball game, but it can also be really fun. And so, again, we have sat together for years, particularly in dance and Seven Directions, which is a dance ceremony that I'm a founder of. And part of what we do in Seven Directions is we come up with an intention and people learn how to hold and study and connect with and dance an intention alive inside of themselves during the practice itself, but then they can also hold it in daily life. And that is, I think, how you and I started forming a relationship. So I'm wondering if there is an intention that stands out for you as a teacher in your life that also relates to body. Mm, it was great to to be uh, in reflection with you about the different intentions that I've held over the course of our time together. It's quite a lot of intentions, <laughs> but there was a theme definitely, and ones that have come back many times are trust and allow and listening. So those are three that I really resonate with in this conversation around the body. What I'm curious about is what does that look like in very specific terms of what has happened to you in your life where body has been a teacher and that it has shown you how to trust more? Well, I can think about a time very recently where I was in a really big transition. It was the beginning of the pandemic, the type of offerings that I was putting out there into the world were in-person and touch-based and movement-based and basically a, a studio where there were a lot of people together. And so there was first that transition away from being able to be together and being able to touch people and be present with people to being online. And I knew I had had this calling to really deepen my wilderness ecotherapy and somatic psychotherapy learnings and to transition into that being my offering and to, to come out into the world and bring people into nature. But I was in this place of just not knowing, not knowing how to get there exactly. And I could really feel in my body this anxiety, if you will, this worry about making it happen, like having to push it forward. So I was working with a coach and I was dialoguing with a mentor and I was really like kind of pushing, pushing, pushing. And some of that led to some incredible uh, process around creating a website and starting to get clear about my offerings and content and things like this, but it didn't really quite land, there was a sense of grasping for it. There was a sense of pushing for it. It didn't really happen. And so 
in starting to slow down. I, I had this incredible transformational experience. My father passed away. And in my father's passing, I went to be with my mother. And in that place where the only thing that I was holding was her and my grief, I had no choice but to be with myself in a really deep and slow and quiet way. And when I really started to turn inward and began to really listen to myself, the message that I got was trust. It's happening. Everything that you're calling in, everything that you're becoming, it's happening. And that container, if you will, of my body, that solid vessel that was birthed out of this grief experience where I had no choice but to just be and completely slow down was the beginning of me really getting behind the energy, really staying with my trust. And beautifully, things started to unfold. Opportunities started to present themselves, inspiration for collaborating with people that I've walked with for a long time, including yourself, started to present themselves. I started to really understand that the idea of becoming was so much less about making it happen, pushing it to happen. It was really just allowing it to happen. So that's one very present example. Wow. Okay, honey. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is such a beautiful example of what does it mean to learn how to listen to yourself and go inside and then follow the energy to make really big decisions and how life opens us up, you know, through these big moments of letting go and transition with the loss of a parent or a loved one and how everything can change if we receive it as an opportunity to be real with ourselves, feel our grief, and also then really begin to ask, like, what do I need here? What's what's showing up? And how can we begin to really learn how to do work differently? Because the way that we are pushing and burning ourselves out is not serving us. And I am spending a lot of time with clients as well as this new offering in March of like, what does it mean to learn how to follow our work lives? And frankly, darling, you just, <laughs> you just kind of, you just kind of, <laughs> thank you very much. My joy. <laughs> no, I'm so, I appreciate it because people need to understand that it's possible and that we can. Hi, this is Stacy weaving in to let you know about an offering that is really related to the conversation I've been having with Aaron today. Aaron is sharing such a great example of how it's possible to get behind the energy of your business or of your leadership or of the people or projects that you are in service to and learn how to follow potential while remembering yourself. Following Energy for Changemakers is a virtual four-month journey, which includes asynchronous coaching, mentoring with me, where I will be right by your side. This offering also includes a virtual group experience on Zoom, where we'll be meeting every other week for eight meetings and forming a community where we're going to call upon my book and the eight teachers as in order to support each other 
and and learn from each other's journeys of what is it like to follow the energy in your work life. The door opens March 1st, where I will meet with you individually on Zoom to help you come up with a really good intention. The group starts mid-March and we'll go for eight meetings. Each one is recorded. As we move deeper into our journey, I'll be creating a virtual retreat for you all. I'll be designing it just for you. Throughout that whole time, you will have access to me through Loom or email so that I can support you. And how do you follow the energy of yourself and what your business is trying to show you so that it can really grow in a way that works for your life? Please reach out to me before February 15th so that we can see if this is for you. Send me an email to say, hey, I'm interested and let's schedule a 20-minute Zoom meeting. We can decide if it's for you or not. The deadline for this offering is February 15th. My website is dancing-tree.com. Or again, just shoot me an email at stacy, S-T-A-C-I, at dancing-tree.com. And with that, enjoy Body as a Teacher with Aaron Carper. Thank you for your time. One of the questions coming in is when you had that moment of going inside to the vessel of your body to learn how to listen, what was the form of the listening that showed up? Did you hear it? Did you feel it as a sensation inside? Did you receive an image? I received an image. I received this image that it was as if I were in some sort of a of a vessel, the way I see it is sort of like a brass pot. But then instead of wrapping all the way around and closing in, there's this expansive, boundless, edgeless sense of space that's in front of me. And the image was this deep, still lake. And all around the lake is a ring of mountains, but they're far, far, far off in the distance. And even the edge of the lake has tall, beautiful, coniferous trees all along the edge. And so there's this sense of this complete container, but it isn't closed in. It has depth, it has volume, and incredible peace and stillness. Wow, thank you. And so... So one of the ways that you connect with your intuition inside of your body is through your images, through the images that come and talk to you. And I think it's an important thing for us to notice because I think that's how we start to connect with our body is to pay attention to, is it a sound or is it a texture or is it a feeling or is it a word or is it a color or is it an image? Not only do I hear the, this beautiful image that came to you, and of course, I hear the container woman in you. Okay, I hear that too. <laughs> yeah, I know that about you. And what I also hear is the wilderness. What I hear is that the earth was calling you from inside. You received mm-hmm. um, a very clear message to follow nature. Yeah? Yes, absolutely. I I have this incredible resource in myself that was really given to me by my grandmother 
my grandma Lucy. When I was a child, she spent a lot of time with me when I was growing up in Virginia, out in nature, teaching me about the plants and the animals and the birds. And she knew a lot about the medicinal uses of plants through her mother. And so I had this incredible gift of not just being outside for the joy of fresh air and moving my body, but really understanding that there's an orientation that you have to a place and all of the creatures, all of the beings, all of the life that's there. And so for me, when I go and I'm in nature, and honestly, it can even be, <laughs> I was in Central Park in New York City recently. It doesn't have to be wild nature, but as soon as I step into a place where there's grass and trees and birds, I really feel like I'm coming home. I really feel that deep resonance in myself, that relationship that I have to this place that we call our home, the earth. Yay. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's a beautiful example too, because it's not like life was easy for you. You were finding all of this in the midst of great loss. Having sat with a lot of folks um, studying the intention of trust, because it's such a profound teacher for us too, in its own right. Trust is such a strong intention. And I think it's kind of the root of all intentions. Trust is it's not about trust that everything is going to turn out exactly the way we want. Okay. That to me, it's about, you know, what does inner trust look like? What does it mean to really trust yourself? And it's not even about making the right decision, but just trusting your relationship with yourself, your relationship mm -hmm. with your inner knowing and truth. Absolutely. And that, that kind of dovetails back to what we were speaking about before the, when you leave that inner truth, that authentic way that you relate to yourself, that's, I think, when you get ahead of the energy and you start that pushing and that efforting towards the things that you are, are trying to call in, that's your truth. It's like that d disconnection. And so it's that trusting that even though, like you said, it's not immediately there, and maybe even the thing that for you feels true doesn't happen, it, it doesn't manifest, that that still is being in trust with the energy. This is so great because sometimes it can be really <laughs> hard to talk about what does it mean to fall? Like, how do you know when you're ahead of the energy? How do you know when you're behind it? And it is a felt experience. And I really appreciate you naming that because I think it's going to be helpful for other people to, mm -hmm. for how can they learn to follow energy? I wanted to share something that I've been in study with that because I have such a deep relationship of following the energy that it really struck me as having such resonance. Are you aware of the concept of Wu Wei, the Taoist concept of Wu Wei? No. So the meaning of Wu Wei essentially is effortless effort. And it's the Taoist practice of just staying and holding right exactly where you are and you are not falling too far behind and being passive, nor are you pushing, reaching, grasping. And there's something about that, that language of the effortless effort that I feel is such a powerful reflection of the energy. Mm -hmm. Totally. There's so many different languages and ways and perspectives on what does it mean to follow energy. And uh, totally. know, I, just, I just hope that people start doing it more because the other ways. I think is too exhausting for us. I really am so thankful that you and our dear friends, Mickey Johnson, are 
and all of this work that, that you're doing with the somatic energy guiding, all of this is so powerful because it will help sort of pivot that paradigm. Because I think especially as women and as women that live such deep and rich lives and we bring so much to the world and we really do serve, the way of moving into our lives by following the energy and creating our businesses and creating our offerings is just so much more in balance than kind of the way our overculture projects it onto us. It's almost like we have this expectation that it's going to be stressful. It's this expectation that it's going to be hard and that anything we do needs to be hard and stressful, but actually it doesn't. <laughs> it's like this little secret that we have around following the energy and living our lives from that place. It's a, a place that actually moves and has dynamicism and it has momentum, but it's not from force and it's mm -hmm. not from effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hold a lot and I take care of a lot and I'm showing up for a lot and I, I need to keep my pace with, with what I'm taking care of. And it's, it's mm -hmm. fueled by love. Like it's fueled by service. I want to be of service to this time through all of the offerings right now, especially, but always. And so a question that I've been living into is, all right, well, just because we start to learn how to flow and follow and, and, and be with, doesn't mean we aren't also showing up strongly and doesn't mean that we aren't still working hard, but I think there's a difference between working hard and feeling burnt up and learning how to pace ourselves and learning how to say no and learning how to take a break and take a rest and trust that the flow will support that. And that sometimes I found that following the energy, the energy is moving so fast that I do need to keep pace. And there's a stretching to that. That can feel like a strong current. And within that, it's also, I feel a lot of choice in slowing it down and dropping into what I need. And often body is what is really what helps me body yes. remembering body is and saying like, wait a minute, am I tired? Wait a minute. Do I feel, you know, depleted? Wait a minute. Hold on. It's body that, that helps me slow myself down. It, it helps me remember to follow the energy differently. I really appreciate what you're sharing and, and what came to me as you were speaking was self-care, self-care and self-love in balancing those moments where, yeah, we're in it. We're riding the rapids. We are meeting the energy. We, we must stay at that moment. And that can be done when we are nourishing ourselves, when we're maintaining that self-care, when we're really tending to the body on all levels, not just the, I'm getting the sleep and I'm getting the food and all of that's great, but on, a, on an energetic level, on an emotional level, we're really taking care of ourselves. And by having that, then we can meet the energy when it comes in so strongly. Learning how to move through the world through following and not through pushing and how much of that is, uh, is, is an expression, a relationship of earth-based ways. It's, it's about feminine wisdom ways, but it's also... Um, about letting go or transforming white supremacy ways, mm -hmm. you know, and, and mm -hmm. way that, you know, that I think we've all been, you know, taught that in order to get ahead, you have to do it that way. And it's very much about changing the paradigm of yes. power over into power with. And also, I want to be aware too of not everybody has access to privilege 
And sometimes even self-care, using that word self-care can be, you know, well, self-care for who? Who gets to have the self-care? And in this way, I I just want to offer that, you know, we can all find our a moment of self-care in a moment. Sometimes it just looks like a moment. Sometimes it just looks like, all right, I'm going to sit down now and, you know, enjoy this meal or enjoy this moment with a friend or take a walk. And that I do believe everyone can have access to that. We just need to remember to give it to ourselves. Absolutely. And I appreciate the the call of it being something simple, just being able to recognize first that we need the break, that we need the pause is huge. And then it can be stepping outside for five minutes or looking outside at a beautiful tree, or maybe you have a plant that you tend or an animal that you connect with or a child, or even just putting on a song that you really love and you can dance around and sing it and sing it out for that two or three minutes, you know, that's, that's self-care too. Body as a teacher and in the chapter on body in my book is very much a storytelling chapter, sharing lots of different kinds of experiences that people have had through their bodies that end up teaching them. I'm wondering if there is a maybe an intention that you've worked with around a hard lesson for yourself and your body that might come to mind here. There was a time that I almost drowned. And in the recovery from that, I actually became quite ill with uh, bacterial pneumonia. Mm. And when I was in the process of being ill, I, I really was having these visions of what if I hadn't survived the drowning and what if I had died at the reef and what would that have been like to be reclaimed by the animals and the coral of the reef. And I kept having this sort of recurring vision. And around that time, I was... Uh, in a Seven Directions ceremony retreat weekend. I was just coming back. And my intention at that time was self-love. And I remember being in this yurt and we had been dancing and I could just feel the need to lie down on the floor. And I had this really clear understanding that there was a commitment that I was to fulfill as a mother, that my son was still young and I was still in that place of not really being sure if I was going to fully recover. I was still feeling very fragile, very vulnerable. And I got this really clear message of like, yeah, you know what? I want to be here. I'm going to get through this. I love my son. I love myself. I am powerful. I'm healthy and I'm strong and I'm going to bring myself back to this place where I can really mother him into adulthood. This was a powerful message. And so I think that's one that really speaks to me in terms of uh, a body-oriented struggle. I'm so glad mm -hmm. that you're here on all <laughs> levels, right? And that you were able to me move too. through that. Yeah. Me too. Thank you. That was a really powerful initiation, that experience, for sure, on so many levels. And I am so grateful to be here. Mm. I'm remembering there was something that happened, I think, with like your foot or your ankle, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I broke I broke my fifth metatarsal right. I broke my foot. That's right. I remember that you needed to literally learn how to move through life differently. It was really teaching because at the time I was dancing, I couldn't get in and out of my house. I, I had to like shimmy up and down on my butt. Like I have eight flights of stairs in and out of my flat and there was no Lyft and Uber at that time. So I had to figure out how to get my then elementary school age child to his school, which is less than you know a few miles away, but still I had to get him there. And I had to figure out how to to move around at home with this knee scooter thing. The thing that was really um, so powerful about that for me was me being humbled and understanding that as an able-bodied person, that there's such a barrier that others have to access to so many different environments. And so it was a combination of my own adaptation to life in this body that was different from how I had moved through before, but it also brought me to a tremendous place of humility uh, with understanding the, the gift of the body that I have and how I move through the world when I don't have a foot fracture. That was a period that in that transition of not being able to do the things that I usually did to ground and center myself, which was at the time gyrotonic and dance and going hiking out in nature and all of these things. I couldn't do any of that because I couldn't walk. I couldn't even stand for like a good six weeks. I was on crutches Mm. and how to find again resources and practices in myself that brought me into a place of my center. And it was a big challenge. I really struggled with it. I really struggled with it. And so it was a, it was a long process, a long kind of fraught process of recovery. So there was a lot of time, a lot of time to really get down and study, um, study how to be in a different relationship with my body. Is there something that really rose to the surface for you as a teaching? from your body around that long moment, you know, year and a half moment? First, gratitude, this incredible gratitude for being in a body that can move through the world when it doesn't have a foot fracture the way that it does. I would say that that's probably was the beginning of my curiosity around my transition into not offering movement is my primary practice sort of woke me up to wow like my livelihood is completely dependent on the health of my body and is that sustainable for me i would say just total surrender just really bringing myself into a place of trying to let go of anything i thought I should be doing in the way that I should be doing it and just really letting myself live into the experience I was in. And it was a struggle at first. It was a real struggle. I did not enjoy it. I really fought it. I was trying to do everything the way that I was. And after a while, it was like, you know what? I can't. I just can't. I really have to be in this healing process. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm not going to recover. And it, it, I, I also learned so much about how I was moving through the world that actually wasn't really benefiting me, how I'd structured my life, how scheduled I was, how everything was go, 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 do, 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 drive, 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 drive. So there were several things that really came from that moment. 
Thank you for sharing that. I think it really speaks to what can happen when, when body literally takes us to our knees in our lives, you know, and it's that thing where it's undeniable. Life has thrown us a curveball and we need, everything needs to stop and we need to tend to it because we can't move forward. Otherwise I have such deep empathy for folks that are dealing with chronic things. I don't know if I've shared this, but my mother is legally blind and and she's been legally blind my whole life. She has night blindness. And so that, what that means is as soon as it's dark out, my mother cannot see and she doesn't have good peripheral vision either. And so I grew up with someone who is disabled. I was trained at a very young age to essentially kind of be her guide to help her. And within that, I also got to witness how empowered she was and is to this day. And even back then as a child, she there were limitations she was working with that were real, that are real. And within that, she also is a very amazing, strong, you know, she did all the health stuff like 40 years before, you know, being gluten-free was, you know, popular or supplements. She did, you know, she did all of that. She was very committed to living an empowered life on all levels and also having an incredibly great attitude. I'm so grateful that you just shared all of that because I think we really need to remember that not everybody is able-bodied, that many people aren't, that many people are having challenges and how do they get to have healing too? I want people to access healing in their own way, even when it doesn't look like your migraines being gone or your eyesight coming back. That's something that's a really big core value of mine. Allowing ourselves to you know, notice choice and notice where we can activate a beautiful moment, even if it's staring at a plant or taking a deep breath inside of ourselves or listening to a great song is a really powerful part of following the energy of our bodies too, of listening. So thank you for all of that, that you've shared to bring that in. And I'm also wondering, is there anything else that wants to come through you um, about body as a teacher in your life? One story that comes through was uh, the story of when I was a professional dancer. I was a professional ballet dancer and I was in the sort of the apex of my prowess as a professional ballet dancer. I just moved to Chicago to join a company there and I was so excited and in a rehearsal, dress rehearsal for a premiere, I I had a fall. And when I did, I tore ligaments in my foot that completely prohibited me not only from performing that role, but from dancing at all for a significant amount of time. And here I was in this place where, you know, this was everything for me. It was everything about who I was, why I'd come to that place, everything. And it just kind of came to a grinding halt. And I really went into this place of being really unsure of who I was because so much was wrapped up into being a ballet dancer. And I found a job, I was working retail and through a whole set of, of different circumstances, I made this friend group that brought me into this whole other community of dance that was much more about ecstatic communion and dance for the sake of being in community and very expansive and very free. It's something I'd never touched on before. I'd always been trained to be a dancer and like a, a very highly articulated instrument of dance as opposed to just the total liberation of ecstatic, uh, expansive expression of dance. And during that time, 
I found somatic practices like body-mind centering and authentic movement and like all of these practices that in my state where I could not express myself the way I had been taught, I was relearning how to move in myself and explore what, what was an authentic expression of my own dance. And then through that, I met a friend and he essentially worked with me one-on-one for a year and retrained. I retrained with him to learn how to become a contemporary dancer. And from there, I went into studying improvisation, contact improvisation. I started doing choreography. I started my own company. Like It just sort of snowballed into this incredible growth an incredible expansion. And so that to me is such an example of how my body just, it, like your book, it's like that was a dead end. I was just smack dab up against the biggest, strongest wall I'd ever come up with. And there was the door. And I just walked right through it into a completely different part of my life. And that has been such a foundation for everything that has brought me to this moment as well. Mm. Thank you. Well, I love it. I just really also appreciate you bringing in dance because of course, dance is my spiritual practice and it is a way that I find joy and pleasure and release and community. And so I appreciate you bringing in how we can find pleasure for ourselves in relationship with our bodies. I come to dance from a completely different angle than you. I was never a professional dancer. And in fact, it was, I discovered dance when I was 15. I didn't meet the cultural ideal of a skinny body. I was more chunky. And it was actually through exploring dance in San Francisco through a place called Rhythm and Motion when I was Mm -hmm. years old, that I began to find pleasure in my body and began to enjoy feeling what it felt like to move. And then that's how I found my way to feel at home on the dance floor in my body in relationship with just the freedom to express and the freedom to be me and not really caring so much about body as a way to attract anybody or dance as a way to be looked at at all, but just to enjoy myself. And that has carried me through frankly, everything. Dance as a spiritual practice is very much a root in my life that actually is coming up on 20 years. Seven Directions is going to be 20 years old at the beginning of February when this this podcast airs. So thank you to dance for how anyone really can have access to it. Even if you're not fully able-bodied, you can actually move your pinky. There's lots of ways that people can access movement that can be very healing and very pleasurable and a great way to release a great way to move into what to what I would say an altered state of consciousness and let go and also learn how to really fully inhabit our bodies so thank you for bringing in body that way I appreciate Mm -hmm. it yeah dance is definitely my biggest spiritual practice dance and nature but dance for sure and I would say that through the practice and community and ceremony of seven directions, I came to love my body in a very different way and to have ownership of my body in a very different way. Even though I was in such incredible physical condition 
and always was holding myself up to not only the mirror, but the standards of the people that I was working with and working for. I love myself and my body more now than I ever have. And I'm moving into, I mean, I've had a child, I'm going to be 50 this year, you know, there's wrinkles, there's sags, there's the whole thing, but there's something about that liberation of body as a true soul practice of release and expression that really brought me to that place of loving myself even more. So I am so grateful that I found connection with you and got to be and continue to be in relationship with you in that way through Seven Directions. Oh, thank you. It feels like such a blessing because I haven't really talked about Seven Directions on this podcast. And it feels like it's like, how can we not? (laughs) Perfect that it's coming in and especially as, you know, as a little anniversary present. So thank you for all of that. And and I'm just so glad it's served you well and so glad that we were able to transition to virtual Seven Directions so that we've all been able to continue to dance through this pandemic. Yes, it's been a gift. I'm yeah. really grateful that it was transitioned and we could all still access it. And it's been really powerful to participate, you know. Yeah, it was pretty wild. We're doing wild mm-hmm. things online there. Great. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom. I really appreciate how we've covered a lot of different territory of body those challenging moments where we're on our knees and things don't work out with our bodies. And then that ends up becoming an opportunity to really turn a dead end into a doorway through listening and opening and really seeing how our life can change as well as beautiful moments of getting to remember what play feels like, which is what I think mm-hmm. dance offers. So is there anything else coming in, sweetie, before we, we sign off? I've just so appreciated being here with you and being able to share so much about my experience and following the energy. And thank you for welcoming me and opening uh, the door for me to share my stories. I, I so appreciate it. Thank you so much, Erin Carper. And I am <laughs> so excited to see this next level of work that you are moving into with your wilderness guide work because I've gotten to sit with you for over a decade. Anyone who gets to sit with you and to be held by you and your wisdom and your love and um, your healing capacity would be so lucky and fortunate. So anybody who is interested in growing a relationship with yourself through nature-based experiences, please go check out erincarper.com and meet this wonderful human. You will not regret it. And so I want to say thank you, honey. And I want to say thank thank you. you, Yeah. If you're feeling inspired by this podcast to be in touch with me directly, I invite you to reach out, send me an email, Stacy, S-T-A-C-I at dancing-tree.com. Let me know what is coming up for you with this podcast, with your intentions, what's going on in your body. I would love to hear from you. And with that, have a wonderful day, everyone. Wishing you all the best and take care.